0: farming program with Araquist Steel Stockholders Withambrook Industrial Estate Grantham For all your steel needs call their friendly experts
1: If you love good food but struggle to find the time and inclination for complicated recipes we may have the answer
2: I don't have lots of time to prepare meals but I do like to eat good food It's good wholesome food that everyone will enjoy
1: Farmer's Weekly Farming Champion finalist, food producer, farmer's wife and now cookbook author Millie Fife joins us today. And I've been to a farm this week in the middle of a Grimsby housing estate, but the visiting kids loved it.
3: I think the best experience they've had is really seeing the animals, hearing the animals, exploring them with all of the senses.
1: We're off to Nunny's Farm later, plus our regular agronomy advice, market reports and the weather for the week to come. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, hope you've had a good, if cold, week. Christmas just one week away then, which means today it's one of our local festive highlights, the Louth Christmas Charity Tractor Road Run. Organiser Taryn Lee is with us. It's always a great sight to see the Louth Christmas Charity Tractor Roadrun, Taron, and it's all in a good cause. Just tell us where the money goes to.
4: So the money raised this year is going to the Lincolnshire Rural Support Network, they're a great bunch of people and they do a lot for the Lincolnshire community.
1: And they are great friends of the farming programme at Lynx FM as well. So, yes, you're absolutely right. They do a brilliant job. Are all the tractors going to be dressed up for Christmas again?
4: Yes, they are. We've also got a best-dressed driver and the best-dressed tractor. Dyson from Dyson Farming's kindly donated a brand new vacuum cleaner for the best dressed tractor. So there's quite a bit of competition going on between the drivers who's going to make the best dressed tractor.
1: How many have we got taking part? Do you know yet?
4: So at the moment, we're at 98 tractors booked on so far.
1: What time are you setting off and what's the route?
4: So we're leaving Louth Cattle Market at 5.30 and then we're going out towards Legburn, South Reston, Mamby. Covenham, North Thorsby, back down the A16 through the villages back into Louth, and then there's a route round Louth. but uh, there is a picture of the map on our Facebook page plus a live Facebook stream as well.
1: And are spectators allowed to sort of watch along the route?
4: Yes definitely the more spectators the better.
1: Can drivers with their tractors still enter and where do we go for more information Taryn?
4: Yeah, so drivers can still enter uh, if they go to our Facebook page again. And there's also a text-to-donate number on our Facebook page if any members of the public would like to text-to-donate.
1: Fingers crossed you raised loads of money, Taryn. Any idea how much you raised last year?
4: Uh, it was six grand we raised last year. Wow. So uh, we're hoping to match that again this year, all being well.
1: Well, weather-wise, I have to say, it's not looking that brilliant. Rain is forecast, but take a brolly, go along and support the Louth Christmas tractor run and good luck for another successful event, Taryn
4: brilliant thank you ever
1: so much if like me you like cooking enjoy good food but don't have the time or inclination to work through complicated recipes or have a pantry full of ingredients you hardly ever use you might find a new charity cookbook of great benefit with the foreword by the princess royal and raising funds for fcn it's called no fuss meals for busy parents and it's written by millie fife millie how did the book come about
2: I actually have a successful food blog which is called No First Meals with Busy Parents and during the pandemic I would post on social media about what I'm growing in the garden, getting my children involved in the growing and then bringing those ingredients into the kitchen and cooking a nice tasty meal and I would post a recipe idea seasonal ingredients and then also do a meet the producer piece as well because I've got lots of friends through my young farmers connections and one thing and another who are all producing food a whole variety of different um, food produce and farm diversification so I wanted to shine a bit of a light on them too. One of the things that always I get bogged down about is when I look in a cookery book and there's a whole vast array of ingredients that I don't have in my cupboard or I've got to make a special journey to go and get or they're quite expensive. And and for me, I'm a home cook, I'm a farmer's wife, I'm a busy mum of two. I don't have lots of time to prepare meals, but I do like to eat good food.
1: That's who it's aimed at then, is it? Sort of time poor, busy parents?
2: Exactly, exactly that. I mean, anyone could probably pick it up and relate to it in some sense because it's sort of three or four ingredients that you'd normally have in your cupboard and then thinking about what's in season at that time of year. It's good, wholesome food that everyone will enjoy.
1: Absolutely. And with your connection, there's got to be some beef in there.
2: (laughs) Well, it's funny every time I interview a farmer and say, you know, come on, uh, you know, what's your go to meal? What, what do you enjoy cooking? Probably nine times out of ten, everyone says steak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Millie, is the book covering all aspects of a meal or just the main course? Uh,
2: obviously, there's starters and main courses, um, and then there's sort of snacks and um, canopy type suggestions. But there's also a section on hero ingredients, and steak is definitely one of those.
1: I'd have been amazed if it hadn't been. There is a charity <laughs> connection to this as well isn't there
2: yes absolutely the sales from the books will raise money for the farming community network which is a charity close to my heart and one that is fantastic in supporting farmers farming people um with their own mental health in the past they have been a huge support to me and i want to obviously raise awareness for them and hopefully raise a few pounds as well um, from the proceeds of the book sale
1: it is a charity that's close to the heart of many many people in the farming community as you say so when is this going to be available where do we go to to buy it for more information and how much is it going to cost
2: it's available on Amazon now as an ebook. book um, So if you Google No fuss Meals for Busy Parents, it is £4.95. And as I said, the proceeds will go to Farming Community Network.
1: Well done, Millie. All success with the book and
2: a happy Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for your support.
1: For the final time in 2022, it's time to head to the frosty fields with crop doctor Sean
5: Santa-Sparling. Morning, Sean. Yes, very good morning to you, Steve. I know, only seven more sleeps and it's Christmas again. It doesn't seem five minutes since we were saying that for last Christmas, does it? Awful lots happened, of course, in this last 12 months. And I, for one, will be very pleased to see the back of 2022. I lost my mum and my dad within seven months of each other. And I've lost far too many good people, family and friends, over the last 12 months. So I just need to regroup and try again a little bit harder next year. Not an awful lot to report. Not much going on landwise or agronomically, really, with soil temperatures now plummeting to well below 2 at between 10 and 15 centimetres, then that's going to just slow growth down to a tick over. So any applications of things like manganese or any other trace element or herbicide for that matter, which requires any foliar activity or movement within or around the plant, bit of a waste of time I think at the moment and you have to question as well the point of putting an insecticide on for cereal aphid. It's not quite been cold enough thus far to wipe them all out but it's certainly been cold enough to scupper their plans for world domination so any pockets of aphids which do still exist out there they're going to wait now until things warm up in the early spring and you'll do way more good then anyway. Oil seed rate. Um, obviously as I've been saying many many times this autumn propizomide can be a applied to a wet or a frosted leaf but if you're using AstraCurb, which has amina in it try to get a dry or drying leaf and no rhyme particularly if you're targeting broadleaf weeds because the amina needs much drier and milder conditions in order to optimize broadleaf weed control and why would you be putting Astracurb on if you didn't need that broadleaf weed control very good on poppies and on some of the cranesbill species south thistle mayweeds etc but like any other the herbicide, it needs the right condition in order to work well. Disease-wise, light leaf spot has definitely slowed right down. It must have done in these conditions. It doesn't like these cold conditions and it will not proliferate. Check your crops. Check your varietal ratings. You should already know that by now, to be fair. But do speak to your advisor because you only get protection from a fungicide on light leaf spot and that protection is to stop it getting any worse but if it's cold like this, it's not going to get any worse anyway. So, the next really good time for a light leaf spot control from a fungicide is going to be as it begins to wake up and move in the spring. That's the time it does most damage anyway. So probably let the weather do the holding on to it and just prepare for battle in early 23 from a fungicide point of view. Plenty of time then for propisamide until the 31st of January. So pick your time. Maybe leave the more questionable, backward, poor-looking bits of oilseed rape until that end of January time. That way, if you do need to pull it up, you haven't got the added complication of a residual layer of propizamide that needs you to do all sorts of expensive invasive cultivations before you can stick another crop in. And of course, do be careful to manage the conditions in which you apply that propizomide if you haven't already done so, to minimise the amount which reaches any water courses. We can't afford to lose an active ingredient like propizomide through ignorance or stupidity. I mean, without it, we truly are in a mess. So just optimise the application and do be aware of the do's and don'ts when it comes to propysomide applications. You don't want your drains running. You don't want heavy rain within 48 hours either side of putting it on. You don't want to be applying it onto slopes, particularly if you're applying it onto frozen ground because of the runoff. Best not to apply onto subsoil fields or mole drain fields if they've been done in the last six months or so. But you know all of that. And you can also, of course, tailor that dose rate too. You don't need the full dose if you're not after blackgrass. So have a look on the Corteva website and speak to your advisor. Cereals. We've seen much later blackgrass grass germination than we're used to seeing this year. Very dry weather through harvest and after harvest and maybe those 40 degree summer temperatures did something to the seeds. We were expecting quite a low level of dormancy but it was so long before it came through. So for whatever reason we had much later emergent. But the new chemistry like the eclonifen and particularly the syn-methylene, and particularly where they've been combined with the old guard of the flufenacet, pendimetalin, trilate, DFF, etc., we've seen some excellent results so far. And where things like Atlantis OD, Hatra, Horus, Broadway, etc., as contact materials are still planned and still outstanding, with the temperatures such as they currently are, and with the need for a dry leaf and some growth in the blackgrass plant, it's probably going to be best to defer those treatments as well until the early spring. You need temperatures above five degrees C for the Atlantis, the Hatteras, the Horrors to work and you need it almost double that for Broadway Star to work well. So discuss that as well with your advisor and put a plan together. Always best to have a plan. Now the cold weather does have some upsides of course. Grain stores can be cooled down very rapidly in these conditions. So minimise the issues with grain store pests by taking the opportunity to blow some of this freezing cold air through the heap and get those grain temperatures down to below five degrees if you can. And that'll norp them, as one of my customers used to say. Also, while it's this cold and while you're doing all that new paperwork and catching up on all the old paperwork and the records in the office, it might just be worth signing up to the beeconnected.org.uk. That's B bee as in BWE and connected, all one word, beeconnected.org.uk. That website allows you to enter the dates that you intend to apply insecticides as next season unfolds so that beekeepers in a 5 or three-mile radius, are then automatically informed. Now, your details won't be shared with any beekeepers or anybody else, other than they'll get a notification that, for example, a pyrethroid will be applied within three kilometres of their hive. So you sign up annually, you can then download a certificate that you can then also send off to Neroso for a couple of points. Red tractor inspections also benefit from those as well. So with Christmas nicely upon us now, it just falls for me to say... Thank you very much indeed to listening to my drivel for yet another year. I wish you all a peaceful, happy and above all a very healthy Christmas and a trouble-free and hugely prosperous 2023. I'm going to take a couple of three weeks off now and just regroup myself and get ready for the battle which we're going to face in 2023. So Merry Christmas and God bless us, everyone.
1: Thanks and a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, Tiny Tim.
0: The farming program with our equips steel stockholders with Umbro Industrial Estate Grantham, supplying the region for over forty years.
1: The other day, I visited a farm. Nothing unusual in that, but this one was in the middle of a housing estate in Grimsby. It's a community farm and a shining example of how to turn disused playing fields at a former school into something really beneficial to the community, and in particular those kids who otherwise would never get to see a real farm, meet animals and see food actually growing. It's run by Joanna and Neil Campbell. Neil who was wearing shorts on the coldest December day in years, gave me a bit of background as to how the farm came into being.
0: Originally, uh, Joan and I have just spent 17 years in the prison service. It's an amalgamation of wanting to help children, but at, at now the root level. Um, we were getting children too late in the day. And, it, you know, it's heartbreaking locking up children. So. When you say too late in the day, you mean they've already gone down the wrong road? Many of them are following family traits. Once they've started going into it, it's very hard to then pull them back and rehabilitate. So we wanted to show them at a very young age that there is another route to start off with. So the point of Noni's Farm is for many of those children that are maybe not in mainstream education or heading down the wrong route, is that we try and teach them life skills and think alternatively Um, about where the path they're taking. Okay, Joanna, what
1: do you actually offer at the farm then?
3: Uh, So for the majority of visitors, it's a petting farm. They'll come, see the animals, have a cup of tea and have a lovely day out for the, the other bookings that we have, like Neil's just alluded to, we have school placements where children who may be excluded come and work with us on a one-to-one or in a group basis learn their curriculum in a different way, outside, practical, hands-on skills that they can then take forward and hopefully, if that's their path, get them back into mainstream education. We also do mobile farm visits where we take the animals off-site to nurseries, to care homes, to visit residents there, um, fates and school fairs and things like that, just to try and get access to the animals out to all of the community.
1: So what have you actually got on the farm?
3: (laughs) Probably about 75 animals now. So the majority are farm animals, cows, pigs, sheep, goats. We've got ponies and donkeys. We've got smaller animals, rabbits and guinea pigs, chickens, ducks, turkeys, quails. We also have three alpacas, which the majority think are llamas when they turn up, but they are actually alpacas. Um, We also have a heritage orchard that we planted, bringing Lincolnshire fruit trees back into the area and a woodland that we just planted at the end of last year as well.
1: I was going to say, it's not just animals, is it?
3: That's right. We focus on food growing as well. It's all about the knowledge. If we can teach the younger generation about how to grow their own fruit and veg, we wouldn't have such a crisis like we did in the COVID pandemic this time. If People understand they can actually grow their own food in their garden, even if it's a really small space. We have just started an aquaponics system as well to just prove to people that you can produce your own food and live more sustainably at home. And it isn't expensive in, in terms of setting up.
1: Talking about money, Neil, this must cost a fair bit to
0: run. How is it all funded? Um, it's, at the moment, it's all admissions. Uh, Joan and I self-funded it just in the setup. We had a couple of grants, but mainly now it is purely entrance fees. It's uh, We have a few other schemes. Um, we have a, things like adoptions we have a couple of sponsorships so some great support from some many companies uh, jd Pint and uh, Docs beers to then a couple but yeah mostly it is footfall paying to come through the doors yeah you know grants or anything like that to help you out no um we slip through the net on many because the farm is the whole project and unfortunately there isn't many grants out there for such such ventures so yeah it is purely footfall
1: Hayley Scott from Cambridge Park Academy in Grimsby, you're here with the children on a visit. Despite the cold, they seem to be having a great time. What do they get out of it?
3: Yeah, they've all had a wonderful time. I think the best experience they've had is really seeing the animals, hearing the animals, exploring them with all of the senses, getting to um, explore the smells, the feels, the touches, the tastes. It's an absolute wonderful experience for them all. Yeah, it's wonderful.
1: It's a brilliant learning and development opportunity for them, isn't
3: it? It is, yes. Um, It's very difficult to explain to a child that the hairs on a pig used to be used in the old days in a hairbrush if they're not allowed to get near a pig and feel how coarse that hair is. And that's why all our animals are pets. They stay here for life. They socialise. We train them. The majority of them can walk on the lead. Because of that, the children can get up close and touch them and feel them. Feel what the horns are like. Feel what their hooves are like, and not be in fear of the animal.
1: Okay. And what do you see of the future
0: for Nunny's Farm? Well, we just see it as expanding. Um, we are looking at setting up our own nursery school, opening next year. So we'll even get even younger children getting come through the coming through the doors. Um, we'd like to even progress them to maybe. Uh, primary school level if we could and become our own resource that kind of way Uh, we just want to make it bigger we need to make it more established Um, but yeah we're here to stay
1: lovely thank you both
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.
1: It's an interesting, educational but fun place to visit. Lovely bunch of people too. Continued success to Joanna and Neil at Nunny's Farm in Grimsby. If you want to know more, visit NunniesFarmCIC.org. Next time I go, I'll pick a warmer day though. I was shivering just looking at Neil in his shorts. To the markets now, starting with livestock from Louth's auctioneer, Oliver Chapman.
6: Morning, Oliver. Good morning, Steve. Another weekly roundup from here at Louth for Monday the 12th of December which sees 17 clean cattle to top with the steers at 254 pence per kilo or £1,495 for C.A. Mottram and Sons, while the heifers top at 271 pence per kilo and gross £1,584 for F. Wallace and Sons. Moving on to the cool cattle which top at 119 pence per kilo or £924 for S.A. and V.J. Elwis. That wraps the catalogue. and moving on to the sheep. More lambs on offer to SQQ at 243.25 pence per kilo with an all-in average of 241.48 pence per kilo. Both the top pence per kilo and pounds per head go to H. Smith & Sons of Theddlethorpe at 148 pounds per head or 300 pence per kilo. A similar number of cool use forward, to all in average £92.19, with not just the same quality as last week, to top for AW Foreman at £125. Finally, just a handful of store lambs on offer, all in average £69.56, to top for Embreaton at £88. Huge thank you to everyone that's been in support this week. Prime and cool cattle and prime and cool sheep are needed for tomorrow's market with buyers looking to uh, continue stocking up for Christmas. So please do not hesitate to contact me. This is Oliver Chapman for Masons and Louth Market and thank you.
1: And the Grey Market Review with Open Fields Kit Dickinson.
7: Morning, Kit. Well, good morning, Steve. The USDA December report contained no real surprises, with production cuts in Canada and Argentina, partly offset by the increase in Australia, all of which were right in line with expectations. But the big surprise was leaving Russia at unchanged at 91 million metric tons, and also India were record high domestic prices, says the USDA crop is wrong. Global recession fears continue to create headwinds for commodities, with every piece of data scrutinised. The US Federal Reserve CPI figures came in better than expected this week, which was initially seen as possible for the markets, but to see prices fall once more. Prompting one an analyst to write, even good news is bad news, which appears to be the market mentality at present. The Fed raised interest rates by 0.5%, which was below the recent 0.75% hike, but warned against thoughts that inflation is softening to keep the market on its toes. DEFRA have released their UK 2022 23 wheat production number today at 15.5 million, based on the area of 1.8 million hectares and an average yield of 8.6 tonne a hectare. The UK have had an exportable surplus to dispose of, however, that will depend on largely the ethanol usage and animal feed usage, which at present are both debatable. The UK surplus does not dictate the market direction in the grand scheme of things, but it currently works into Ireland and the Netherlands, so will remain competitively priced. Looking at barley this week, UK malting barley values have fallen by £25 per tonne in the last month. In the last week, several farmers have decided to sell out their remaining stock of malting, choosing to accept the monthly carries on offer up to June. There are a couple of reasons for this. Firstly, nearly all of them have made good high-priced malting sales already. So by selling the last 15 to 25% at today's price, it gives them a record average price for the whole crop. Next, with feed barley having no export at the moment, and malting premiums looking good, the UK has potentially a bigger surplus of feed to liquidate. As feed comes under pressure, malting will follow and it will go down. So, at least we are taking a good malting barley premium now, albeit over a poor feed price. It is better than waiting for a double whammy of the malting premium to be eroded as the molsters finally stop buying when we get to their 2022 crop covered. Looking at all seed rape this week, domestic rapeseed prices are lower again following Matif Rapeseed, along with a lack of demand and consumers having to liquidate cover into the new year. DEFRA have released their final estimate for 2022 UK crop numbers, raising all seed rape production by 39% to 1.4 million tonnes. This was driven by an 18% increase in the area and a 17% increase in yield. World rapeseed production for 2022-23 is expected to be up sharply to a record high, as almost all rapeseed-producing countries have increased their production. Additionally, Strategy Grain have reported expectations of the world soybean balance to be significantly higher for 22 23 They believe that compared to current prices, there is still downward potential related to heavy rapeseed and soybean environments. So looking at prices this week, feed wheat for January 220 to 225, March 223 to 233, and May 225 to 235. November new crop 210 to 220, and milling wheat premiums are circa 55 to 60 pounds. Barley January 200 to 210, March 205 to 215, May 210 to 220, and November new crop 180 to 190 pounds. For malting barley premiums, premiums please do speak to your local farm business manager and finally all seed rate prices 430 to 440 for january march 440 to 450 and may 447 to 457 and november new crop an indicative price is 440 to 450 pounds have a lovely christmas everyone happy new year enjoy the festive period Thank you very much.
1: Thanks to Oliver, Kit and Alice from Openfield Two for all your contributions through the year. Have a great Christmas and a very happy New Year. And on that subject, it's our last programme before Christmas, indeed for this year as we're not here next week. Agricultural Chaplain Canon Alan Robson, what's your message for Christmas 2022?
2: Well, I'd like to salute all our farmers in Lincolnshire. It's been a a, a challenging year, but as we approach Christmas... um, I hope all farmers will rally around family and friends and neighbours and continue to help one another and support each other as we face a a new year with still some challenges for us, but let's look hopefully and optimistically uh, toward the future. All the chaplains of the county uh, wish all the farmers, particularly those in the chicken and egg production side of the industry where They're still under massive restrictions. But um, let's hope 2023 uh, things will uh, improve and uh, everybody will get a a fair living uh, out of the work.
1: Many thanks, Alan. We'll talk more on the 1st of January when we return. The Farming Programme Five Day Forecast. So how does it look? Will we have a white Christmas? Well, there is a good chance, actually. At the moment, it's forecast cold enough and there's precipitation of some sort likely on the big day too. We'll see. It's still a week away. As for this week, after a cold, wet and windy day today, temperatures change from tomorrow up into double figures with rain and a blustery southerly wind. A mostly dry Tuesday with a light southwesterly and highs of 8 Celsius. Mild, wet and windy for the middle of the week before calming but turning colder again by Friday. As mentioned, we're back in a fortnight and we'll be looking backwards at 2022 and forwards to the new year. Hopefully a less challenging one for all. I'm Steve Orchard. Until then, on behalf of all of us at The Farming Programme, a very Merry Christmas to you and yours and a happy, peaceful and prosperous new year.
0: The Farming Programme with
1: Araquip Steel Stockholders. Withambrook Industrial Estate Grantham.
3: BSI ISO
6: 9001 Accredited.